everybody. Welcome back and welcome to a slightly revamped show moving forward. You may have noticed that beginning with this 13th episode, I've changed the name of the show from the Egypt Travel Blog Podcast to simply the Egypt Travel Podcast. Not a huge difference, I know, but at least it's a little more parsimonious, which if you're a regular follower of the show, you'll know that I am usually not. Anyway, again, welcome and marhaban to the Egypt Travel Podcast and our 13th show. This episode is going to be all about using Airbnb in Egypt. And I'll go ahead and give you the bottom line up front on Airbnb in Egypt. Unfortunately, I strongly recommend against using it there, at least right now. And I'll tell you all about why as we get into this episode, including the results of some secret shopper experiences that some colleagues and I did with several Airbnb properties in and around Cairo on several recent trips to Egypt. Now, there are some serious systemic problems with Airbnb properties and practices in Egypt, and I want to make sure that you all are fully aware so that if you're considering relying on Airbnb to get a more local or just a less expensive accommodation experience in Egypt, you might reconsider it or at least take some serious precautions if you're adamant about doing it anyway. All right, first a little background on my own relationship with Airbnb. I travel all over the world, as I'm sure you know, not just to Egypt though, or even to the Middle East, all over the world, and I've used Airbnb and Airbnb competitor platforms all over North America, Europe, South America, and the Middle East, of course. And I have extensive experience not only staying in real home and apartment rentals through these platforms, but I also have extensive experience as a host on Airbnb for multiple properties. Primarily when I began traveling full-time years ago and blogging full-time and still had my huge, beautiful townhouse in the middle of Washington, D.C. by the convention center that just sat empty most of the time while I was jet-setting, I eventually wisened up and realized that I could put my house on Airbnb and cover at least some, if not most, of the rent that I was just throwing down the toilet by being away, traveling, even though it was still totally worth it to be doing that. So I became a host, and then I became a super host, and then, well, I sort of became an unofficial mega host because my neighbor saw how successful I was with Airbnb being my own property that he asked if I would manage his property for him too. So I did, and we hosted hundreds and hundreds of guests over several years. So anyway, the purpose of me telling you all of this is to let you know that I don't have anything against Airbnb in general. It's not personal, and it's not just about Airbnb. They're great in many places, and I have a ton of experience using them from both sides of the platform, literally, as a host and as a guest all over the world. Now, you know that I really like to do very thorough and brutally honest hotel reviews for you all for cities all over Egypt. And since Airbnb has now arrived on the accommodation scene in Egypt, I wanted to throw it into the mix too now and try out a few Airbnb properties across Cairo and the greater Cairo area to see what Airbnb and the Airbnb experience is like in Egypt now that it's there. You know, I just assumed that it would be like any other foreign city, to be honest. It's, you know, a mix of property types, a mix of host types, but within a range of 
acceptability. In other words, I expected some to be a little jank if I were booking on the cheaper side and some unexpectedly nice too, which often happens when you book on Airbnb and similar platforms. What I wasn't expecting though was the extreme level of jankiness that we found many times, even by developing world standards. And even more concerning and fundamental was I was simply floored by the fact that Airbnb's representatives were totally okay with these conditions at some of their properties and the misrepresentations and even outright lies documented in some of their listings at properties in and around Cairo and in Egypt. I wish I could say why we're kidding or exaggerating, but I'm seriously not. Airbnb's actual employees were actually at times on the phone with me when I was reporting some listings on multiple occasions telling me that I'm wrong when I'm standing on the street in Giza, for example, directly in front of a property address that is not a residential property at all. Or when I'm standing on another occasion in front of an unfinished building, as in still under construction and without walls on the ground floor. And they're telling me that it's finished and it's perfectly fine to stay in and that there would be no justification for a customer refund in this circumstance. And even after being alerted to these circumstances and supplied with all kinds of documentation that these particular listings that I was reporting needed to be pulled down immediately and the host's other listings looked into by the company, seeing these listings still up days and even weeks later was just beyond belief. These hosts were still being allowed to actively trick and mislead and outright scam who knows how many people. And Airbnb was doing nothing about it except pocketing their little commissions on the scams in Egypt and letting them continue. Okay, so let me tell you about one of the most egregious examples I found in our on-the-ground research on Airbnb in Egypt recently. And then I'll tell you about a few other notable things that I found that aren't really necessarily egregious, but are still things that you will want to be informed about and look out for if you're considering using any type of home sharing or room sharing or apartment rental platform or service in Egypt. So one of the Airbnbs I booked for my secret shopping trip was out in Giza, which you surely already know is where the most famous of the pyramids are. So I found a nice two-bedroom Airbnb for my friend and me that said in the listing that it was literally within walking distance of the pyramids. And in the map section of the listing, where they input the address and the GPS coordinates of the property, they had an approximate circle right where I would expect it to be if the property were indeed within walking distance of the pyramids. There are only two public gates to the pyramids complex, by the way, and both of these gates are on the eastern side of the enormous walled-off pyramids compound. So looking at the listing, it said it was walking distance to the pyramids and the location circle was right by the Sphinx gate to the pyramids. So it seemed great, right? Now, when I booked it, Airbnb revealed the exact address to me of the property. And I looked up that property address and that confirmed to me that the location of the property was indeed right in front of the Sphinx gate to the pyramids compound and it truly was within walking distance to the pyramids. So it still seems legit, right? Okay. So I booked that one, that first Airbnb property from Spain, which is where I was at the time before I took this trip to Egypt. I flew to Egypt in the morning the day I was set to arrive, and I had a friend that was flying in later that afternoon to meet me there. So since I was early, I just went ahead and took an Uber, which Egypt 
also now has finally, over to Giza to check into the Airbnb and drop off my bags and relax a little bit before I had to return to the airport later that afternoon to collect my Amigo. Now, like we all do with most Airbnbs, I sent a message to the host and I let him know about what time I would be arriving to check in. And he actually offered to send someone to the airport to pick me up. And in his listing for his apartment, he offered an airport pickup as part of the deal, as part of the rental for the apartment through Airbnb, which made the deal seem even sweeter, honestly. Because, you know, a taxi ride from the airport all the way across the city to Giza or around the the ring road of Cairo to Giza can run you anywhere from, if you just grab a taxi at the airport, it can be 20 to $40, depending on whether or not you get ripped off and how bad. But, you know, I was also secret shopping Uber on this trip to Egypt because Uber had just recently arrived there as well. So I told the property owner not to worry about the airport pickup because I was going to get myself over to his place. Now, okay, I should have started to suspect something was amiss when he kept insisting that someone come pick me up at the airport and drive me to the apartment. But I just ignored him and pretended like I didn't get the message in time, and I just went on my merry way to Giza in my Uber. I mean, after all, I had the exact address from the confirmed Airbnb booking, and I knew exactly where that was. I had been by that same street and that same building even hundreds of times before. So, you know, I I just took my happy little butt on over there and let Uber drop me off right in front of the address that I had from the Airbnb listing. And Uber, by the way, is great in Egypt. And I'll tell you more about it either in maybe a future episode or a blog post. I'll figure that out later, but I can highly, highly recommend Uber in Egypt. So anyway, back to the Airbnb secret shopping story. Okay, so I get out of the Uber at the exact address that was in the Airbnb listing, confirmed, GPS coordinated, etc., with my large suitcase that now has a broken wheel, by the way, so I'm having to like half kind of carry it around. But... All right, strangely, though, I could not find the entrance to this building or any kind of residential entrance to this building when I got there. So I messaged the host on Airbnb, and I'm kind of like, hey, dude, where's the entrance to your building? I'm here. I can't find the entrance. Okay, so he starts freaking out a little bit, and he's like, where are you? Where are you? I'll send somebody to pick you up. Why didn't you let me pick you up at the airport? I'll send somebody to you now. Where are you? Just tell me where you are. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, no, 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 calm down, calm down. It's all good. Like, I'm here already. I took, you know, an Uber. I'm already here. No need to send somebody. Just where's your door? Like, where's the entrance? I don't see it. Anyway, it took him a while to respond. I guess he was kind of, you know, getting together his response. But, you know, while I was waiting on him, I decided to kind of walk around the block, look at the next couple of buildings. You know, maybe just see if the address was a little off. I mean, you know, it is Egypt after all. So if the correct building were just around the corner or even a block or two away from where it should be, I would not have been shocked at all or bothered. I mean, it would still be within easy walking distance to the pyramids, like the listing said, and within the general vicinity. No problem. But I still couldn't find it. And so finally this guy sends a message back and he says that I need to actually come over to some other part of Giza to a hostel where his brother works because his brother has the keys to the Airbnb. And if I can just come there, then he can have somebody with a car meet me there and take me to the Airbnb. Well, all right, at this point, even this didn't seem that off, even if it was a little annoying. Because picking up keys at a relative's place or another location is something that you have to do sometimes with Airbnbs, even in Europe and the U.S. So it was no biggie, right? 
All right, so I jumped in a taxi and rode over to this hostel place. It was a few kilometers away. And yeah, his brother worked there, a guy who said it was his brother. Um, I picked up the keys from him, and he kept insisting on putting me in another car to take me back to the Airbnb, and I insisted on keeping my own taxi. So he goes out with me to the taxi driver who's waiting outside and starts talking to him in Arabic. And he doesn't know that I understand, but he was telling him exactly where to take me. And I wasn't listening that closely. You know, I just hear him, you know, give him, you know, saying, I'm going to tell you where to take him. Um, you know, it's, he's going to an Airbnb. It's my brother's Airbnb, blah, blah, blah. I kind of tune out a little bit, you know, and he, he says, bye-bye and, you know, smiles. I'm thank you. You know, whatever we, we conclude. And then me and the taxi driver get going. All right. So, you know, I wasn't even put off by this, honestly, because i had had trouble finding the place when I got there on my own. I couldn't find the entrance. I got the address, but I couldn't find the entrance. And, you know, I just kind of assumed that he was telling the taxi driver exactly where to drop me off or how to show me where the entrance to the building was when he took me back with the keys. So me and the taxi driver take off. You know, we go back through some of the small streets it took us through to get to this little hostel place. And then we go back out to the main road. You know, we're cruising down it. Then we go out to a major highway. We start cruising down it in the opposite direction of where we had come from. And we keep going and going and going. And finally, I'm like, uh, all right, hey, Mr. Taxi Driver, where are we going? Like, this is not where my Airbnb is. You need to turn around. And the driver's like, you know, he's very friendly. He's, he's you know, he, he does, he's not in on this. He was just a random driver that I flagged down on the street to go over to this hostel place to pick up the keys. And the driver's like, no, 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 I'm taking you to Airbnb. This is the way. You know, he told me exactly how to get you there, and he wanted to make sure I took you there, and, you know, this is the way, I promise. Now, okay, if this situation ever happens to you in Egypt, or anywhere else, frankly, you should rightly be freaked out, and you should have this sucker stop the taxi and get out. This is a red flag that something is majorly wrong. And if I didn't know Egypt inside and out, if I didn't know where I was... You know, and, and be a little bit of a crazier adventurer myself. I would have done exactly that too. But now I absolutely knew that something was up. And I really wanted to honestly see where this was going to take me. I mean, after all, I had, you know, two iPhones with me that had find my iPhone. And, you know, I can handle myself against minor contingent of thugs anyway. So I really wasn't afraid. I was honestly just more curious where this adventure was about to lead. And remember, none of these people know that I know Egypt as well as I do. Not the apartment owner, not his brother at the hostel, not the taxi driver. I'm completely undercover to them. And as far as they know, I'm just some random tourist there for the first time. And so I just decided to go with the flow. All right. Well, let me tell you where that flow flowed on over to. 7.9 miles away is where it flowed. So we get to this local neighborhood way out past the pyramids and literally 7.9 miles to the inch almost away from the pyramids gates. And my taxi driver's like, well, this is it. Here's your Airbnb. You can get out now. Now, mind you, I'm already a little bit perplexed because this is nowhere near walking distance to the pyramids for starters, like the listing touted over and over again. And that was the reason I booked the whole thing to begin with. But on top of that, I'm literally now staring at an unfinished apartment building. As in like one without walls on the ground floor right in front of me. I'm not kidding. The building's first floor did not have any walls. 
And the second floor didn't have any walls. It was mid-construction, and there was sand and dirt everywhere and trash everywhere. So I called the owner back, and I'm like, uh, WTF, dude, you know, first of all, there's no walls here. And second of all, where is this apartment Airbnb supposed to be? So he tells me to hang on another second, and he calls somebody. And he says that, okay, somebody's going to come out of the building and show you how to get to the Airbnb. And at this point, I'm obviously like, all right, there's no way I'm staying here. But I'm already so invested that I absolutely had to see just what this place looked like. So a few minutes later, this guy comes around the corner from the back of the building, this unfinished building, and he motions me to follow him down this like little side alley. All right. So like the adventurous idiot that I am, I do exactly that. And he takes me, he leads me into this unfinished building lobby around to the back that also has no walls and is missing, you know, a lot of pieces and glass and everything else. And he, you know, asked me to come in this elevator with him, this little rickety elevator. And I do. And we go up a few floors and the elevator actually dumps out into a floor higher up that is actually finished. And he leads me down the hall to this little trashy looking apartment that's sitting empty. Now, all right, when I say trashy, I'm not being rhetorical. Like, I literally mean there was trash and caked up gunk in the kitchen immediately when you walked in. And the apartment was just a hot mess. Now, mind you, this was one of the more attractive listings on Airbnb for Giza and Cairo. I booked this for me and a friend who had never been to Egypt before. I was showing him around just kind of as a, you know, a personal favor. And I was looking for a place to stay for us. It was nice walking distance to the pyramids, um, you know, where he could not be too bothered by taking taxis for long distances from downtown. And I wanted somewhere nice for us to stay. And this was, you know, one of the best listings that I could find in Giza on Airbnb. It said it was a new building when evidently new mean meant like not finished yet that new. And it said that it was only steps from the pyramids and you could actually walk there. And so evidently by steps, I guess it meant nine point or 7.9 miles worth of steps. But, okay, clearly this place was not going to cut it. I just was not going to stay here. I f- and I figured if ever there were a case of needing to call Airbnb and report a scammer host and a clearly fake property listing, this was it. And also, by the way, I wanted my own dinero back for this full stay that obviously was not about to happen. So I switched to a hotel in Giza that actually was walking distance to the pyramids, which is what I wanted originally for me and my friend. And then later I went back out there um, to take some pictures of the property and I called Airbnb to report the property, report the property owner, tell them what was going on, tell them why I was requesting a refund. And to my absolute shock and amazement, after several back and forths with the Airbnb customer service representative, they came back on the phone and said, they had confirmed that the property was indeed within walking distance of the pyramids and that they therefore saw no justification for a refund. Now, all right, to say that I was floored would be an understatement. The back and forth part was me going back to them and saying, um, yeah, you will be issuing a refund because no, this isn't anywhere near walking distance of the pyramids. And then coming back to me again and saying, uh, yeah, it is. Now, mind you, this is some person on the phone with Airbnb who is, and and by email too, the conversation eventually switched over to email, who is not in Egypt. I don't know where they are. They're in some international call center elsewhere, but they're not in Egypt. And they're telling me that they know Giza better than me. In addition to the fact that I'm literally standing in person in front of this property 
in front of this building and they're telling me that the building is by the pyramids and I'm just wrong. While I'm standing in front of this half-finished 7.9 Uber receipt confirmed miles away from the pyramids building. I even went so far as to send Airbnb screenshots of the listing and the photos and you know the 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 actual iPhone map screenshot showing where the building was and you know the blue dot GPS where I was in comparison to where the pyramids entrances were and the Uber receipt screenshot showing how far away it actually was from the address in the listing and even then, even with all of that evidence to the contrary, Airbnb still said that I was wrong and that there wasn't anything they were going to do. Now, okay, this type of situation is where sometimes working in travel media can work to your advantage, but nobody should have to resort to this. And for people who don't have that, to pull that card to play, you're just screwed. You're out of luck. But, you know, once I revealed who I was, the platforms I had, who I wrote for, et cetera, et cetera, in the past and the present, et cetera, Once they realized that I was actually working in travel media and I demanded escalation of this case to their public affairs team, the representatives suddenly began singing a whole different tune and they agreed to a refund. But it shouldn't have had to get to that because most people, you know, most of you all, most people out there who use Airbnb don't have those cards to play. And even those who do shouldn't have to play them. The average customer should be able to present clear and convincing evidence that a property is a fake listing or a scam listing, and they should have that case adjudicated by Airbnb reps. They should get a refund. The listing should be pulled down or flagged or something else. But Airbnb still didn't even do anything about the fake scammy listing. That stayed up, which I confirmed on the site days later. Now, okay, that's just one example, just one. And it's by no means an isolated case. Remember I told you we were doing several secret shopping experiences all around Cairo and Giza on this trip to evaluate Airbnb. Sometimes it was booked under my name, sometimes their names. I did probably three or four. Two others did three or four each as well. This was probably the most egregious example, but we have other examples. Now, what made this even more scammy was that this particular listing had not one but several positive reviews on Airbnb. And remember I said this place was an absolute dump and it was 7.9 miles away from the pyramids, not walking distance to them at all like the listing claimed. So the only way anybody with eyeballs could have left a positive review of that place is if it were a fake review. And there were multiple fake reviews on this listing and that. And Airbnb's reps literally could not have possibly cared less. That was the startling thing about it. You think that once you alert them to customers getting scammed like this, you send them proof, concrete proof, multiple forms of it, that they would be outraged and they would act immediately. But the reaction in response to this example was to say that they had confirmed the information in the listing and they would be leaving it up and keeping my money and letting other people continue to get scammed. And by confirmed, I'm doing air quotes by the way, I'm sure they meant that they just called the host or messaged the host and asked if the information in the listing was correct or asked him to verify X, Y, and Z. And of course he said yes. And so they came back to me and said they had confirmed it. But there are absolutely, there's zero way to confirm something that is absolutely 100% not true. I mean, they had all the evidence in the world sent for me to show them this stuff. And they said they confirmed it. And, you know, had I not pulled the travel media card, if I, you know, if it were any, anyone else, they would have just taken your money, let the guy scam you, left the listing up, which they did anyway, and continued on their merry way. 
Okay, so anyway, that was one of the Airbnb experiences that I personally had in Egypt. And just an example for you of why I strongly have to recommend at this time against using platforms like Airbnb in Egypt, at least for now. The bottom line is you're just rolling the dice on getting scammed or on getting lost, getting conned, being lied to, being taken advantage of, being taken somewhere far, far away from where you're supposed to be, like 7.5, 7.9 miles away from the Pyramid's Gate. And on top of that, Airbnb's representatives are obviously not going to side with the customers who are getting scammed. They're going to side with the hosts who are generating the repeat commissions for them. So... You'll literally have to fight tooth and nail if you want to have a chance to get your money back if you're scammed in Egypt on Airbnb. So I just can't recommend it in the slightest. Not only because of the high probability of inaccurate listings, but more so because of the customer service response. The customer service reps who are supposed to have your back when when this type of situation happens. And they seem to have a, a habit or a policy of doing the exact opposite, and which is in the end is going to leave you high and dry. All right. Like I mentioned, this wasn't the only Airbnb I booked. This wasn't the only Airbnb experience I had. This was the worst. But myself and the colleagues that I was there with booked and tried out multiple Airbnb properties across Giza and Cairo during multiple weeks and multiple trips. Okay. Another problem that we uncovered with Airbnb in Egypt is that they allow a lot of super cheap and janky hostels and hotels to list rooms on Airbnb platforms as Airbnb rentals. So in at least two other examples of our secret shopping of Airbnb in Egypt, I booked a room that looked like a room in an apartment or looked like an entire apartment, and it turned out to be a room in a dingy hotel or hostel in Cairo. Now the photographs in the listing and the listing details made them look like real Airbnb listings on Airbnb, but in reality when I showed up, they were not. So they also have this bait and switch going on and they seem to be totally okay with that because there are hundreds of listings like this on Airbnb that we saw in Egypt. Now, I'm talking a lot about Airbnb because they're obviously the industry leader in room sharing and apartment rentals, but I searched other sites as well, copycat sites or similar platforms and found that this was also the case with them as well on other platforms as well. It's not just Airbnb, but all of the home sharing platforms are infected with these pathologies in Egypt at this time. It's possible that these companies are going to wisen up and undertake some serious reforms to clean up their platforms in the future. But until they do a serious major publicly acknowledged overhaul, just take my advice and stay away from Airbnb and home sharing in Egypt at this time. There are some legit and nice and wonderful Airbnb hosts in Egypt. I don't doubt it. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying to you here and warning you about here is that you are simply rolling the dice when you book accommodations using Airbnb or a similar platform in Egypt. And you're taking a major chance with the quality of your expensive vacation and your trip of a lifetime that you've waited so long for and invested so much in. A lot of my advice on travel to Egypt and around Egypt is all about helping you try to minimize the risk of bad things happening. I've told everyone before, you know, you can go get a camel ride from a dude at the base of the pyramids if you want. You can go hire a guide that's hounding people outside of the entrance to the museum if you want. Or you can, you know, you can follow that papyrus sailor dude into his shop, who's the, the guy who's hounding you about papyrus. You can follow him into his shop if you want. But the point is, the chances of you getting ripped off or scammed or something worse happening is far greater 
if you do these things. Some people do do them. All right. Some people do do them. A few people who do them have fine experiences, but far more people don't. And you increase your chances of having a bad experience and having your trip ruined if you make the risky choices and go with the scamming options, the scammy options that I'm warning you about. All right. That's just the bottom line. And so I consider it my duty to just to warn you about these scams and the ways that tourists typically get ripped off and to tell you how to get those exact same products and services in legitimate non-scammy ways from Egyptians who are honest dealers. There are lots and lots of honest dealers in Egypt, lots. And there are also lots of ones that are hurling themselves at you and trying to trick you. Those are the bad guys. I'm here to try to help point you in the direction of the many, many, many good guys out there in Egypt who want to help you and want you to enjoy your trip. So to wrap up, back to the bottom line on Airbnb and similar room sharing or home sharing or apartment rental platforms in Egypt. Avoid them for now. When they clean up their act, we can reevaluate them. We can see if they're safe and decent to stay in for booking accommodations in Egypt. But for now, my best advice is to avoid them. And with that, that's a wrap on the 13th episode of the Egypt Travel Podcast. I'll probably have a few more episodes coming out now in quick succession. So stay tuned for more. More shows coming up very soon. But for now, I got to say again, Masalama. Salama.